Welcome to Murder and Mayhem, the podcast where we explore the dark and mysterious side of writing. It's a world filled with more evil and crime than you can shake a sharpened stick at, where people save the world from certain destruction, where spies, terrorists and thugs abound, and where the killer could be someone in your very own home. It's also a world often filled with flawed heroes and likeable villains. But above all, it's a place where we explore the authors who tell these very stories, what makes them tick, and how their words manage to take us to some of the darkest corners of our imaginations. Hello everyone, my name's Valerie Koo and I'm host of the Murder and Mayhem pop-up podcast. This episode is brought to you by the popular online course, Anatomy of a Crime, How to Write About Murder. Over eight spine-chilling modules, you'll delve into each step of the murder process, including the psychological, forensic and legal aspects of homicide from premeditation right through to prison life. Brought to you by one of the world's leading centres, for writing courses, the Australian Writers' Centre. Using both real and fictional cases, you'll discover the many faces of killers, the police who pursue them, and the victims who get caught in the killer's trap, all designed to enhance your crime and thriller writing and help you bring writing about death to life. It's a self-study course with a full audio program, including accompanying handouts and videos and resources where you can view real forensic and police reports reports and a dissection of real murder scenes. Find out more at murdercourse.com. That's murdercourse.com. This is Valerie Koo and I hope you're enjoying the pop-up podcast Murder and Mayhem and I hope you're getting some real insights into the minds of some of the world's best crime and thriller authors and getting some key tips and techniques and ideas that you can use in your own writing, especially about their own creative writing process to see whether some of those ideas and approaches might work for you as well or might make it easier for you to write. Now, of course, this is part of our pop-up podcast series, but you can also get the free ebook that comes with this series or that accompanies this series, and it's called A Month of Murder and Mayhem, and it's 31 days with the world's best crime and thriller authors. And what we've done is we've got the key takeaways from all of the authors in this pop-up podcast series and their writing tips and curated them into an ebook for those of you who want to, you know, go analog sometimes and, and read it as opposed to have us in your earbuds. You've got both options. Now you can potentially dive straight in and just and actually spend 31 days applying some of those techniques uh, or you can take it a little bit easier and maybe choose one author per week and unfold it that way. But you can get that free ebook at murdercourse.com. Now today we are talking to Jay Ford. Jay is a former journalist who worked in print and radio and television for 12 years or so and now she writes crime and thriller books including Already Dead and Beyond Fear. So she's got a lot to talk about her process and her research and what she does to get into her crime and thriller books. So I hope you enjoy today's instalment. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jay. Thank you for having me. Now, for th- readers who haven't got their hands on this book yet, uh, can you tell us what it's about, Darkest Place? 
Okay, so Darkest Place is about a woman, Carly Townsend, who's just moved to a new town, Newcastle actually, and uh, she doesn't know anyone and when she on the first few nights uh, in her apartment she wakes and thinks that someone has been in her bedroom. She calls the police. Uh, and over some time, uh, the police basically don't believe her. She has no other friends to turn to. And as she has recurring incidences of this person in her bedroom standing over her bed, she tries to convince the police and her own past starts to come to light and the police and Carly herself start to doubt her own sanity. Awesome. So how in the world did this idea come to you, this this premise? Where did this come from? Uh, I guess it's such a strange one, but I guess like any book, they come from a lot of different places. But the, the part where someone is standing in the bedroom, um, I had wanted to write something that was scary in a different way to my other novels and that was quite personal uh, and might also become, might might not become a personal attack. I hadn't written it in this sense Mm -hmm. and I wondered where that might go. And, And I thought, well, you know, having someone coming into your bedroom is really scary. And as it turned out, I was talking to my, uh, friend, uh, critique, um, Group And one of the women there sent me an email of some reports of a man, I think it was in Brisbane, who was breaking into women's apartments. And it had taken some time for the police to realise that it was the same man, five different, five or six different apartments in different parts of the city. And basically, he was breaking into their apartments. The women were waking up and this man was standing beside the bed. One woke up and he was on the bed with her. And I thought that is just really scary. And I thought that was a really great place to start. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Goodness me. Now, I understand that you decided at the age of 40 that your dream to become an author would never be realised unless you actually sat down and wrote something and finished writing something. (laughs) But then 10 years later, your first book, Beyond Fear came out. It was the highest selling debut crime novel in Australia in 2011. And then you've written another, um, you've written three other books, Scared Yet, Blood Secret and Already Dead and now Darkest Place. So you're like a veteran now. But tell us, uh, between the age of 40 and 10 years later, 50, what happened in that period? (laughs) Well, I guess it's worth starting with what happened before then. Okay. That I had always wanted to write a novel and one of the driving factors was, of course, I read a lot and I just really wanted to see my own book on the shelves. Mm. And from about the age of, I don't know, 16 or 17, I started having goes at it, but I never finished anything. And a lot of the time, especially very young, I didn't finish a scene Mm. or I finished a scene and never got any further. And then um, various changes in my life at periods when I had time, uh, when I had small children or when I was studying, I would write a few chapters or I would write an outline, but I never actually finished anything. So at the age of 40, and I actually went through what I had, and I had maybe 20 part-finished, part-written novels. And so I decided this is never actually going to happen unless I finish something. Mm. So between the age of I guess, 40 and 50, uh, I attempted to finish things. And so by the time Beyond Fear came out, 
I had written three complete manuscripts. And so, yeah, (laughs) and and it actually took me four years to finish the first one because I discovered actually finishing the project Mm. was actually really hard because to get past that that moment of excitement when you first start writing and the story's really fresh and it feels really fabulous and you're really excited in your writing, to get past that moment to the hard middle bits and to the difficult to finish end, mm. uh, it actually takes a lot of uh, time and prioritising in your life to get all of those words down. And in some ways it took probably four years to do that, to get that first novel finished. Mm, yeah. uh, and uh, and by that stage I I joined a critique group and actually I just joined a critique, critique group when, when that first uh, manuscript was finished and the first advice they gave to me was just keep writing. Don't spend all your time just rewriting the first book. Mm. And secretly it was because the first book was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they said, yeah, just keep writing. So I did. I started the second book and by then I realised that uh, to actually have a career as a writer I really needed to be able to write a book a year so I set myself a target I didn't think I could do it in a year so I set myself a target of 18 months and I wrote the first draft in 18 months and uh and so then I by the time I'd edited it it had been about two years and so then Beyond Fear started came and I started and I gave myself the target of 12 months to be finished which I did and And it was published yeah so tell us about the publication process of Beyond Fear, like did you submit it to an agent? Did you go straight to a publisher? Tell us about what happened in that first book. Okay, so once again, the first book also involves the others. So for that 10-year period of learning really how to be a published writer, how to be an author, was also about how I get it to the people that make decisions. So I had learned that there were various ways of doing that. Um, After my first manuscript, I must have sent out about 10 query letters to publishers all around the world and have still never heard back from any of them. (laughs) (laughs) So the first job was to actually work out how to get it in front of the people that actually make decisions about your work and work out who those people are for starters. So um, with the... some of those ways of doing that is to get the book into competitions. So I had entered my second novel into a competition. Uh, it had finished, it was a national competition, it had finished second and the London judge um, actually asked to see the whole manuscript. And uh, so that was actually kind of in the process of that offer being made. Um, the, the offer they were making me, they actually wanted half the novel and I had to decide whether that was what really what I wanted to do. Um, and But so kind of a roundabout thing, I had sent that novel in for um, the competition but it got held up at the post office and missed the deadline by a couple of days so they sent the entire entry back and uh, that was my moment of going what am I doing I've spent you know six years writing this and I could never get anywhere and I spent a couple of months just throwing my hands in the air and saying I'm never going to do this and I realized that I actually really liked that writing process the the process of putting the words down on the page and creating that world of characters and uh, and so I decided I was going to write regardless and even if it meant that I never got published at all I was going to continue writing so 
that was when I started writing Beyond Fear. Uh, the next year came around with that competition for the previous manuscript and so I literally just packaged it up and sent it off. I think I maybe read the first chapter and just sent it away. And um, then it came second in that in that competition and I went to a writer's conference and another way of getting your work in front of people is to do the face-to-face pitch. So mm-hmm. I... Beyond Fear is an Australian story. I felt it probably wouldn't sell outside of Australia, so I fronted up to do a pitch to an Australian agent and uh, I told her that I'd won the award and she said, yeah, great, get back to me, Uh, send me your first 30 pages and, you know, I'll read it. And uh, within, by the time that I had sent her the pages, I actually got the offer from that other competition. And uh, and so after, so I've got to say, by this stage it's seven years, I've heard (laughs) virtually nothing from publishers. So I emailed that agent and said, remember me, I'm the one who pitched this novel. Well, now I've had uh, an offer on another novel. Novel. And literally 10 minutes later, I got an email back saying, what other novel? And uh, yeah, so uh, kind of went from there. She read the novel. I said, I really wanted to write thrillers and uh, rather than the other one. And uh, she read the novel and said she thought it had legs. And uh, so she then went through the process of presenting it to publishers. It was put out um, on auction to all six publishers they were back then. And uh, yeah, it went to an auction. And uh, in the end, I had the choice of three publishers, which was the most, the most amazing thing after literally at that point, seven years of virtually hearing nothing from anyone. <laughs> wow. So do you remember the day that you were told that you had these three offers or that? Oh, yeah, it was completely insane. It was, I had a month. So um, the publishers were given a month in which to respond. And, uh, yeah, when the month was up and I had three publishers, there was, you know, just like screaming and carrying on going (laughs) on at home. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, and I guess for me the most exciting thing was that uh, there were offers made and Hmm. I I was, I actually realised that the offers couldn't be, taken back. So somebody actually wanted my novel and was prepared to pay money for it. And that couldn't be taken away. I kept saying, oh, they can't take it back. It's really going to happen. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, it was an amazing day. And, and uh, yes, the day that I met publishers and actually selected who, that I was going to go with Random House, my husband bought Moe and the kids and I and, and my husband stood around the kitchen bench and, and drank Moe and went, oh, who's going to act in this? <laughs> That's so exciting. Yeah. So in your first 40 years as you were developing <laughs> and you had those 20 half-finished manuscripts, uh, were they all thrillers? No, no, not at all. I I started writing Romance. So, the, you know, when I was a kid, um, my parents had a caravan and we'd go away for Christmas at, for six weeks and we'd live beside the beach in a caravan. And my mum would turn up, first thing, one of the first things she did was go to the local secondhand bookstore and buy a mountain of novels. And mm-hmm. then along the, in the mountain of novels, there would be, you know, a ton of Mills and Boons. Mm-hmm. And uh, my sisters and I used to read the Mills and Boons and say, well, I can write that. And uh, and so that's kind of where I started. I thought, well, I can write that. I used to read all these and kind of work out how the stories might fit together. And and so I, to a certain degree, for a very long time, I thought that I probably couldn't write anything else, that I was probably not one of those people who could write some amazing novels. So I'll write what I thought what I thought would be simple. And uh, and so I started to write 
romance and, uh, you know, would be scenes of and drafts of and, and um, ideas around romance novels. Um, at one point I had another novel and as, um, as I kind of matured, I guess, I wanted to write about different things but I, you know, I, I had a job and I had two small kids and I... I had story ideas that I probably never put onto paper mm. that were not romance novels. Um, but the first two manuscripts I finished were romantic comedies, not the Mills and Boone, um, but romantic comedies. And uh, and in that process, I have to say, because I have a lot of writer friends who are romance novels, they may appear simple, but they're incredibly difficult to write. And the publishers are very specific about what they want and I really couldn't write it mm. so um I although having said that that second manuscript did end up being published as well I um so when I when I got to that point of deciding what am I going to do what am I going to write I had pretty much been reading crime novels back to back for several years mm. and I thought well you know, what I really want to do is write a book that I want to read and that is going to entertain me. And when I thought that it was possible I'd never, ever be published, then I thought, well, I'm just going to entertain myself here and write (laughs) this book, which became Beyond Fear. And it it did entertain me for a year. (laughs) So thrillers are really quite complex because there's so much more to them and you've got to keep your audience on the edge of their seat or keep your audience guessing, uh, your readers guessing. So do you know what's going to happen before you start or are you one of those authors where things unfold as, as, you, as you write, particularly in the thrillers that you write? Um, more, uh, more the second than the first. I mm-hmm. usually start with some idea of what, <laughs> excuse me, some idea of what I think the story is going to be about. And mostly for me it starts with the characters and the kind of drama that those characters are going to deal with. Uh, I have some ideas of where the story might go and the kind of scenes that might turn the story and how the characters might interact, where the scary bits might come in, where the intense moments might come in uh, and where the characters might play off each other. I have those kind of things in mind and then the rest of it kind of plays out as I as I write, which can be really scary at times and kind of fun at other times. <laughs> Do you find if that's the case where the rest of it plays out, you can get 50,000 words in and paint yourself into corner and go, oh, my God, I've got to start again or chuck out the last... 30,000 or whatever. Yeah, and pretty much that's what happened with Darkest Place. Right. Uh, for, a couple of, for a couple of reasons, actually. So for me, uh, a lot of it was the unfolding of the story. I never planned too much, so I didn't have to have too much to work towards. Uh, and so I, so I could have themes in my head about how it might play out and then, and then it would kind of work towards that. With Beyond Fear, I probably wrote quite a bit more. I do. I did come to a point with Beyond Fear that I really wanted her to do this thing and I couldn't make her do it. And I tried maybe five different ways of writing a few these few scenes and I just couldn't make her do it. So I, in the end, decided that, well, obviously she's not going to do that and then had to kind of write with no plan at all, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of different to what you're saying as well because the story had grown to that place and then it just continued on from there. With Darkest Darkest Place, the one that I've just finished, mm. I really needed to work out 
what I wanted to happen, what I wanted to be happening in the story. I really needed to work out if it could happen and and which meant working out my ending. Mm. Uh, and so I spent a lot of time actually working out my ending and I got stuck at the beginning and I had all these different places that I wanted to start the story. And, in fact, I wrote 20,000 words before I went, oh, actually, I think this is the beginning. And so 20,000 words got knocked off the beginning and I would pretty much started from scratch. So I was on a 12-month deadline and had to start from scratch about four months in, which was not a lot of fun. Wow. Yeah. And then I then had, I had a bunch of problems with um, with Dark's Place. I had, I had, uh, I had minor surgery. It was, um, uh, but I had a general anaesthetic. And so this is about halfway through the writing of this book. And uh, the drugs just really had a big effect on my brain. I really didn't expect that at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, after the surgery, I was fine, more or less fine. And uh, I sat at my compu- computer and couldn't write anything. <laughs> and, uh, and then about six weeks after that, I got rushed to hospital with chest pains, which was kind of like a complication with the first surgery and it wasn't a heart attack it was nowhere near a heart attack but it had to be treated in that way so once again I ended up with just all these drugs and uh, and so after that I spent another month sitting in front of my computer going oh, I can't write anything my brain is just stupor and uh, and so then it finally kind of started to work again and I I started writing in this direction and I, yeah, ended up in this place that I had, it was all just a complete mess and I, Christmas came and I had to extend my deadline and once again I virtually had to start the idea from scratch again and mm. and start working because uh, it had gone off in all these different crazy tangents and, uh, yeah, and so I ended up writing about double of the book. and. Wow. Tr- that out of it so yeah things can get completely awry when you're kind of working I felt like I was I felt like I was working backwards by starting at the end yeah coming back to the beginning yeah so kind of strange kind of a strange process so and not we, fun. when you're writing thrillers and certainly when you write other kinds of books as well but uh, particularly with thrillers you need to often know things about the police or about the law or about criminals or about murder or about medical conditions how much research (laughs) how much research did you have to do for this book what kind of research and and did you do it before or did you do it during or how does that work well I kind of do I do a lot during I do a lot of research especially online as I'm writing as I need to know stuff um and when I can see it coming up I also do a bit well, a fair bit before as well. I've got um, a, a retired police superintendent that I use for my police research mm. and at the start of every book I sit down with him and tell him what I think the book is going to be about and we talk about how the police might be involved in that and uh, how they might look at, because the way I write it as a, as a psychological thriller, I always look at it from the victim's point of view and what it's like to live through that. So he talks me through how the police would see it and how they would deal with it and, and how they would approach it. And because, interesting with this one too, because uh, with Darkest Place, because the police actually don't believe what's happening to Carly. And so I didn't want the police to be the bad guys, but it needed to be realistic the way that they were approaching her. So it was quite um, important that I got that right. I also have a friend whose husband is an ex-patrolman and um, 
he talked me he talked me through how he would handle the circumstances of meeting this woman and going back to her place repeated times and how his thought process process would be going and how he would deal with someone like Carly. Mm. And so that kind of set me up. That was quite a nice way of setting up the beginning of the book and how that all kind of fed into the rest of it and and whether the the ideas of whether Carly was or wasn't actually um, sane. Mm. Handy so, contacts to have, right? Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> so you also write under the name of Jeanette Paul, which is romantic comedy, and you yeah. have uh, a book called Just Breathe. When um, romantic comedy is totally different to yes, writing <laughs> to, to thrillers in terms of the reader experience, certainly. Uh, as a writer of both of them, uh, well, first of all, well, as well, let me start again. So as a writer of both of them, do you need to switch hats or change gears or, you know, instead of having um, murder pictures surrounding you, have pictures of pretty flowers or something? Or Do you write differently? Yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely have to wear a different hat. I don't have pictures around me. No, that might be interesting. <laughs> I should try that. But, uh, no, definitely have to get into a different frame of mind and I probably wouldn't just swap back and forth between the two within an hour. I would maybe work on one in the morning and one in the afternoon. That would probably, when I, I was actually working on Blood Secret, writing Blood Secret while I was editing Just Breathe and it was quite a weird experience. But mm-hmm. I did have to make a conscious effort to um, be one or the other, be Jeanette Paul or be Jay Ford because um, every, everything that you write, all the, all the word selection and all, the, all the, um, the way that you construct the sentences is quite different if you're going for a laugh or something like or if you're actually aiming to kind of, you know, hit some deep, dark thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it is, it, it is quite a weird experience. <laughs> Which do you prefer? Um, so... After writing five thrillers and one romantic comedy, it's not a matter of preference. It's more a matter of getting light and shade. And so in an ideal world, I'd probably write two crime novels to a romantic comedy. Uh, and so I, so having said that, I'm just finished Darkest Place and I'm just about to start a romantic comedy and it will be after Darkest Place, which it took me to some very dark places, um, hmm. it will be really nice to write something light and fun, yeah. Uh, just just to just to find that completely different part of my brain again. Um, you know, three five thrillers in, you start to live within these really dark places, and yeah. and uh, it's quite nice to just think about something else for a while. So before you um, became a full time writer, and you were writing all of these half finished manuscripts and that sort of thing, presumably in your spare time, what was your career? So I started as a journalist. I started out in radio journalism, reading news, uh, and as a radio reporter. Um, I worked in as a journalist for 12 years uh, in radio, TV, and print. Uh, then I uh, ran my own public relations business, uh, which I ran it from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had two small kids, so in amongst having being a journalist and I had two children and so I it was more or less part-time running my business from home and being a mum and then I spent and it was actually when I gave up that business that I started to really try and focus on my writing so I went Mm -hmm. from that to finding a way and finding the discipline to write. So when you are writing full-on properly 
Do you have a typical day or do you have a certain target or word count that you want to achieve or any kind of writing rituals that you start off with to get into the groove, anything like that? Uh, Yeah, pretty much all of those things. I have, I work so it's my full-time job. So I work at like a full-time job. So I start in the morning about nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, my ritual in the morning is to start with my coffee. Uh, I've got a coffee sitting on the desk and, uh, you know, I kind of sign into my laptops, got a couple of laptops and I sign into those and pour the coffee and that kind of settles me into my frame of mind. And, uh, yeah, so I work till lunchtime and I take a lunch break and I work through till about six o'clock at night. And, uh, I, I'm obviously my own boss. Mm -hmm. So, and my mum has been quite unwell. So I take off time when I need to, if I need to shop or if I need to go and do stuff for my mum, uh, my kids have both moved out of home. So, you know, I take time off to go and see them, uh, you know, all the kind of normal things that a boss living at home would do, but it it pretty much is a working day. Uh, and, um, yeah, I also set myself targets. I like to, aim for about about a thousand words a day Hmm. um, which is about five thousand words a week so if I don't make a thousand words a day I can make it up on other days and I try to get to five thousand words a week and I also try not to beat myself up if I don't (laughs) I cheer cheer really loudly if I beat it (laughs) why do you sign into a couple of laptops oh I uh because I've got I kind of acquired another one, which has been fantastic, and I I keep my emails on a separate one so that I I'm not always interrupted by my emails, um, and I do all, all my social networking networking and whatnot on the other laptop, so I kind of keep it separate. It's on the other side of the desk, and I close it down when I'm when I'm not doing that, and I'm not forever getting interrupted by. By all the other stuff that I'm actually keeping my brain within the within the story. Mm. It actually works really well. And what's next for you? What are you working on now? So um, I'm I've actually taken a break. I've had about three months. I will have had about four months off by the time I get back to work on February. So I'm feeling very refreshed and mm-hmm. creative again, which is lovely. I'm starting on um, another romantic comedy. Um, I've got one that's already written and it's about rewriting it basically. So I'm, I'm hoping that will be about a six-month project and then I'm getting stuck into my next uh, thriller. Exciting. Do you know what that's about? The thriller? Yeah. Uh, not yet. I've got a few different ideas um, kind of going around in my head, uh, kind of uh, stories that are about, uh, real life, I suppose. It's the kind of thing that I like to write about, things that might happen to the person who's reading the book mm. or things that might happen to, m- might have been similar to someone that they might know and can imagine it. So, you know, I kind of think about um, experiences that I've had, experiences that I've read about and then try and fit lots of other ideas within that. So I'm still in that process of, oh, that idea feels good and kind of letting it roll around in my mind for a little while and and at the same time kind of building up the kind of feeling that I want to go with it, this kind of emotion and and um, the, the elements of the scare that I want, want to go with it. Wow, cool. So and finally, what's your advice for aspiring writers who, you know, they may be 40 like you were <laughs> and thinking I've got all these half-finished manuscripts, I want to make it happen. What's your advice to them? Uh, I, so 
my advice is always the same and it's quite boring uh, and it would be really nice if there was a piece of advice that would absolutely ensure that the person listening to this interview would go and get published. But really it's just about being disciplined and writing, actually Mm. giving it priority, telling people that you're trying to write a novel and sticking at it because it's, you know, it's the only sticking at it that actually gets the manuscript finished. It's the writing and the writing and the writing that teaches you how to write. You can't imagine those things. You have to actually be putting words on the page to do that. And in my experience, it was about having my work in lots of places and getting it in front of a variety of people, getting it in front of people who can make good judgments um, in competitions and getting it in front of people who make decisions. Mm. Well, obviously it worked out well for you. So this is very exciting. Your fifth thriller, Darkest Place, we can't wait to get our hands on it. So thank you so much for your time today, Jay. Thank you. There you go, Jay Ford. Now, one of the things Jay talks about is the fact that she does have access to some people in the police industry to get to do her research. And I think she made an interesting point that she typically writes from the point of view of her victim. And that is certainly very common in crime and thriller books. But you might write from the point of view of your uh, protagonist, who may or may not be your victim, or the villain, or, um, or whoever, you know, one of the one of the um, other characters. But what I think is really important is regardless of which point of view you write from, is to take the time to experience your other characters' points of view and just to see how they would react and how they would um, behave in certain situations by really getting into their shoes. So while you might write from the point of view of the victim, get into the in the shoes or the point of view of the of a minor character, of the police superintendent, of the sister of the victim, or something like that, and. And as an exercise, what I encourage you to do is actually, even though you may be clear you're writing the the majority of the book from the point of view of that particular character, just as an exercise, write from the point of view of some of the other characters. Perhaps choose a particular scene and write from the point of view of all the key characters in that scene because you never know what will come up. You might gain a new insight into something. You might actually see a new plot thread perhaps. It's certainly a useful exercise and I encourage you to write from different characters' point points of view just so that you can experience what it's like. Of course, you then need to rein it in and write from the point of view of your main character or whoever it is that you've chosen to write from the point of view of and uh, and then go from there. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed listening to Jay Ford. The Murder and Mayhem podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre, one of the world's leading centres for writing courses, with online and classroom writing courses in all genres of writing, including crime writing. Students enrol from all over the world. You'll find a course to suit your needs right here at writerscentre.com.au. 